I, I definitely cranked it to June Smart. Believe I have. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Check your iPhone, better say it's our time. I don't even need a watch, I don't even see a clock. Soon as I walk in, welcome, everybody, to the brand spanking new kind of NXT rundown 2.0. Trademark. (laughs) You might notice I'm back again (laughs) because I just can't leave this place. But much like NXT 2.0 was a mix of the old and the new, NXT Rundown is just the old. Because Jason is here with me. Well, <laughs> How you what, doing, Jason? Well, NXT Rundown 2.0, what's old is new again. Troy and I yes. are back together um, to discuss a very colorful show. Um, yeah. Lots and lots of colors on this show. Um, mm-hmm. It will never be confused with the black and gold brand. Um, we're going to have uh, judge. It, it should be an interesting show because, judging by your comments, I think we're going to have different views, which I think will make for for an interesting discussion. Um, and we should yeah. tell the fans we're going to try a little bit of a different format here with this 2.0. Uh, they're, they're relaunching their thing. We're going to relaunch theirs. Uh, instead of rather being so recap heavy and sort of going move for move and describing everything that happened in the match, if something important really happens, something really cool happens, we'll talk about it. But for the most part, we're gonna we're gonna focus on sort of breaking down the storytelling aspect and the the storylines and sort of that stuff, um, which I think is probably more what people want to hear from us. So um, mm-hmm. maybe we won't have to keep everyone here for two hours to cover a show. Hey, there you go. <laughs> But uh, let's go ahead and get underway because it is, of course, hot sauce and in the morning. <laughs> in the morning. Uh, in the morning. Morning. That's right. So, um, obviously, the the big thing going into this was we didn't exactly know everything, um, but we had a shit ton of speculation. Uh, which, of course, uh, after a while, I, I just sort of started tuning out because I was like, honestly, I don't give a shit anymore. Like everyone is well, talking about like, oh, this. Yes. Before you go into the actual show. Not there yet, but yeah, go ahead. Okay. I think we should discuss that there's there's not really a piece of news, mm-hmm. but I think we should uh, 
touch upon. Um, we we on on WWE Rundown, Bruno, you and myself, we handed out the L's for all those people who crapped on SummerSlam and Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. And by the way, if you mm-hmm. haven't checked out WWE Rundown, go check it out. We were joined by Bruno Tomas. Great episode. I had a blast doing it. Um, hopefully, we can get him back at some point. He was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that being said, I think we got word today that there are some other L's that need to be handed out, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Weird, huh? Yeah. Um, so, uh, Simp Ross Sap uh, tweeted out. Um, it, no, no, sorry. Sorry. It was uh, it was an interview, I believe, with, uh, with him and Adam Cole, baby. And Adam Cole was asked directly about, hey, that report that, uh, that Meltzer... Uh, came out there and, and said in Ringside News, fucking signal blast and stuff like that. And all the stands uh, ran with as though it was gospel yeah. truth, yes. Yeah, about, uh, about oh, that they were going to change your name and make you a manager for Keith Lee. He flat out said, like, no, no. Uh, let me get his actual quote here. Um, because it's, it's rather interesting. Now, I, I mean, it sounds from. And I'm, I'm very anxious to hear the actual quote here, Troy, because it sounds from what you're saying as though Meltzer just might have completely made some shit up to make WWE sound bad. Which, which I have said so many times at this point that, like, yeah, everything he says, you should understand. If it's if it's news about AEW, it's legit. Mm-hmm. If it's news about WWE, it's not mm-hmm. because. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, everyone was fucking going on about, like, oh, gosh, they're going to, that was their big plan. That was how they're going to save it. Like, first of all, I'm pretty sure that there was no, no saving Adam Cole. I don't think that anything they would have offered him, anything of that, would have had him stay in NXT or WWE for that matter. I Um, don't know that that's true, but. I mean, as far as I can tell, he offered him a run with the heavyweight championship, but then he probably would have stuck around. Maybe. Um, Okay. Well, I'm having a little bit of issue finding it, but hold on. So yeah, so obviously that that was the whole thing about oh yeah, like he's the, but Cole is in a position right now where he could he could easily just go like oh yeah, Fed bad, you know. And in his case, it would be hard to deny because they let him walk, basically. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I give tremendous credit to both him and Daniel Bryan for coming out and, and saying, no, I had a great time there. They were fantastic to me. I just made a choice to try something different. Like, I, I wish more guys, even if they feel hostility, would take that approach because it's just a, such a much more professional way to be. Because yeah. listen, guys, you're banking on, on this company being there forever. Like, there's never going to be a need for Vince or for WWE to come back to you at some point or for you to go back there. Uh, I wouldn't always bank on that. Weird things mm-hmm. happen, man. Yeah, and also, like, I feel like with with Cole, I mean, yes, he left. But, you know, he, he left on such good terms, you know? Right. Um, and he, he was given the run of the fucking mill there, you know, like he, he was the main star of NXT, right. you know, yeah. um, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more with, with him coming up here, but, 
Um, gosh, I, I I'm thinking that they're wiping it from Reddit. <laughs> Anybody talking about that? Because that seems to be what they like to do is anything that is is like complimentary of WWE. Uh, Squared Circle now gets rid of it, yeah. um, which is not a shock considering you know. But um, yeah, so essentially the the what he said was. I was never that that was never something that was presented to me. Um, I've talked to other people. Nobody has ever heard that be brought up. He said there was a couple of pitches. Um, we did. He said they had a, a good half hour meeting with Vince, and he said it was very productive, but and and very complimentary. Like Vince talked Vince talked him up a lot and said like, you know, you're you know you're really good. We want to keep you here and everything like that. But yeah, it was it was a case of he. He wanted to to leave, so he did. Um, so, yeah, shockingly, <laughs> the guy that everyone says is you know the 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 big fucking news source and stuff like that, yet again was proven to be wrong, and will face zero consequences for what he said. No, and it's not like his his future lies will be pointed out in this context either. So yeah, so that's that's part of the issue. So um, okay, here we go. Now I got the actual quote. Um, I personally have never heard anything regarding that. I touched base a little bit on how my meeting with Vince McMahon really went. We talked about thirty minutes. He had a lot of complimentary things to say. As far as hearing about specific thing, that was not something I heard about. My four years with NXT were, was fantastic. My four years with WWE was awesome. At the end of the day, I wanted to end up with AEW. Now that I'm here, I'm stoked. So yeah. <laughs> yep. And, yep. and for those of you who haven't checked out this week's Dynamite, he has a match with uh, Kazarian, which is fantastic. Uh, probably would have been a lot better if they had done more with Kaz as the uh, elite hunter. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they didn't. it was just sort of a thing yeah. they threw out there and never did anything with it. Um, but what we do get is to see, and we talked about this a little bit before we went on air, but Cole went from being the biggest star on his brand to being the fourth biggest guy in his own faction. Yeah. I don't know. That, like, I, As long as he's having fun and he's making his money, I guess that's what really matters. But shit, this seems like a step down from where he was. Sure. So to me, um, Adam Cole joining NXT sort of signaled the shift away from what they were doing. Um, uh, yeah, you could you could probably go back a little bit further be- before that, but to me, that was when it really changed into this, like, super indie, and it was like, you know, because because for the longest time, it was like... They, had, old, they, had, was that? they had Kevin Steen, Finn Balor, and Hideo Itami all there at the same time before Adam Cole ever got there. No, I'm, I'm talking about the fact that... It was super indie way before Adam Cole got there, though. Yes, but it's still... But but like I said, to me, it was like... It was still doing that formula of you win the NXT championship, you go to the main main card, you know? So Owens won it, went to the main card. Balor, uh, Joe and Nakamura switched it back and forth, and then eventually he left. It wasn't really until, uh, like, Tommaso, Johnny, and Cole were those three champions that were there, where it was like, those guys then just never left, yeah. you know? Fair. So that that's that's in my mind where it's like, that's where they started to get away from the whole, like, we're trying to build up, you know, the future superstars, you know? Yeah. Obviously, you know, the first couple of years from, you know, 2012 to about 2015, 
about that time that Owens and Balor came in, it was a lot different. Right. So what people were were claiming was like it's going to go back to like the 2012 days, and it was like it's going to be back to like okay now this is 100% developmental and like it's just about getting people on camera and getting them ready and getting gimmicks over. And what we landed on was a little something in between, I think. Yeah. And we'll talk about it. Where where there was a bit of the current NXT, but there was a lot of like the, the roots of it too that, that we had lost over this past couple of years. So, um, like I said, we'll definitely get into it. But um the other thing thing too with me is like the issue that we were having was like we had Meltzer and Alvarez running with this whole they're they're not going to hire independent workers anymore. They're only going to be hiring, you know, the the guys that are like fresh out of of like bombing out and whatever athletics they were in and stuff like that and and the, the, this this was it this was a big shift and there's going to be all big fucking guys and they're, they're not going for any more of the little small guys and stuff like that and of course all of us in the network here said that sounds like bullshit because one that's what they've that, that's not what they're going to do and two what we we saw with our newest round of PC recruits was oh they're doing exactly what they always do like do they they always have a mix of guys that you know were on the independence like their first champion in NXT was Seth Rollins right you know their second one was Big E Langston mm-hmm. it's like well there you go right there like Big E was a guy who came from bodybuilding and was groomed to be a wrestler and he's great you know but you also you're sitting there and you're just like yes you do understand that like Kenny Omega was a hockey player right. before he became a wrestler like it's not it's not like and The Rock and John Cena and Brock Lesnar and Dolph Ziggler and Chad Gable and all of these guys came from being athletes and then turned into wrestlers. And like this whole thing where you've got fucking the fat King Eddie Kingston running around being like they didn't pay their dues and stuff like that. It's like look at your own fucking coworkers, asshole. Like <laughs> you know? You think that tight cunty is over there like she was fucking working the independence? No, she went from being a model to being in NXT, to being in AEW. Anna Jay had like three matches when the AEW signed her. Yep. Julia Hart, Jade Cargill, you know? And then, you know, you look at the number of people that they've signed over there that started off in the NXT system, you know? And you're just like, you're like, you you can't make those same fucking claims. And that And that's my biggest issue with a lot of this is just that it's so inconsistent. There's no consistency on people's complaints about things. No. If you want to sit there and be like, oh, I don't like the fact that Biggie is a champion because he's a goof, you then can't also like Kenny Omega. Right. Because Kenny Omega was 69ing a fucking dude a couple weeks ago and was playing basketball in the back. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you, it, there just needs to be consistency there. And that's, that's the biggest issue with a lot of the fans. It's like, they'll sit there and they'll fucking shit all over NXT, having not watched the show in forever. You know, but this is this is what happened was NXT went hard and they went, okay. what we're going to do is we're going to try to be a third brand. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you had these guys like Adam Cole hanging around and you had Johnny and Champa. Then you had Finn Balor return. Actually, let them do it. The no, main they... roster never lent them yeah. any credibility, and that was the biggest failure of the brand. 
uh, the, the old version of NXT. We talked about it a bunch. Like, how many times did you see any advertisement or crossover right. with NXT yeah. or, or trying to trying to bring eyeballs to that product? Um, yeah, we they had, weren't involved we had... in the draft. They were never no. involved in the drafts, really. They, it, they had that one Survivor Series. One Survivor Series, that's it, yep. Which was yep. the most critically acclaimed Survivor Series they've had in a very, very long time. And mm-hmm. then they were almost like, oh, and then it's almost like Vince went, whoa, uh, Hunter's thing is sort of uh, overshadowing us, so fuck those guys. Yeah. But this is this is the result now, is they, they have conceded, like, okay, either uh, a mix of it didn't work, a mix of AEW did it better, a mix of we didn't try hard enough, but whatever, but the end result is, is that NXT as a third brand didn't work. Right. So now they're going, okay, let's scrap all of those plans and let's turn around and do what we're supposed to be doing with NXT. What the original plan was, it was to get people to go from the PC to NXT to get them TV ready to the main roster, you know? Um, now, obviously, you need certain guys that are going to be there that you ha- that you have no intention of ever bringing up. You need a guy like Tommaso Ciampa that's going to be there, a guy like Johnny Gargano, because they are going to be able to help the people there more so than if they weren't there. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you're still going to have those guys that are going to be kind of breezing through, but those are those mainstays, and you had it back at the original NXT days as well. I mean, you look at um, it, Back in the days, you had like fucking uh, what was his name, Cassius Ono. It was like he's never going to be on the main roster, but he is there because he is a name. He we we can trust him, and we know he can put on good matches. You know, he's a good hand. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's like that's what I feel like those kinds of guys are over there. It was like ah, well they'll they'll be there. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens with them, but yeah. And it was the same thing like Tyler Breeze for the longest time was there because of that same reason. Now, they did try him on the main roster. It didn't work. He went back there, you know? <laughs> so, but, yeah, it's a, it, it, like I said, to me, it was like, we, we've been talking about it for weeks, uh, or for actually months at this point, about the fact that this NXT isn't working anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. There were, they WWE-ified it because they were trying to push it as this third brand. So it's like, okay, so that's why I was actually excited for this rebrand. Cause it's but like, instead of growing it as something different to be something, an, an alternative to those WWE fans who don't like the main roster product, they instead went the f- complete fucking wrong direction and said, mm-hmm. let's make it more like WWE. And that's when right. even diehards like myself started to question the product. Right. Yeah. So um, by the end of this, I, I think we'll have a good idea on the direction they're going. And if they are moving back away from it being just WWE light, you know, and being its own thing or, or not, but we'll get there. Um, so first off, I don't know why my brain never connected the dots that the song that they've been playing over the like promos for NXT 2.0 was going to be the theme song. I don't know why that never like oh, really? crossed my mind of like, yeah, I kept thinking, I was like, I wonder what the theme song will be. And never was like, was like, well, of course they're playing the fucking theme song during it. But it didn't, I don't know. What are, What's your thoughts on the theme song? I like it. I mean, I, obviously I'm, I'm more of a hip-hop guy, so I, I love Wale. I'm a big fan of his. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the sort of the urban feel to it. I think it goes nicely with the um, very bright color motif. So Yeah. The biggest thing is, to me, with, with the theme song, is one, yes, it's good. Two, it's different. 
Is there, can you off the top of your head name any other wrestling promotion show right now that is using anything but a rock song? Yes, Raw is using The Search by NF. Okay. That was easy. Okay. Okay, well... <laughs> sorry. Um, but it's different from SmackDown, which uses a rock song. It's different from AEW, which uses a rock song. Okay. Impact uses a rock song. ROH uses a rock, t- rock tune. Um, that's the kind of the majority of the ones that are out there. Um, to be honest with you, uh, because USA... The USA app is so terrible for me. I continued to miss the beginnings of it, of Raw, so I didn't even realize it didn't have the same song anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so that's on me uh, and on the USA app for being garbage. Um, so yeah, so uh, we both enjoy the uh, the song. Um, the intro video I'm going to assume is going to evolve mm. because right now it is just colors on the arena. Yeah. I'm assuming eventually we're going to get actual like people in there again, uh, but we'll see. They put together an opening and they went, "Fuck, this is filled with Adam Cole shit. Get it off!" <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so we start with uh, promos from our four. Eh, spoiler alert! Uh, what were supposed to be our four people for the main event? Uh, we get promos from Tommaso, La Knight. Um, well, LA Knights was the last one for yeah. LA Knights was the last, yeah, yeah. But we got uh, um, Kyle O'Reilly, you know, talking about uh, like this. This is what's been, you know, his whole dream has been leading to this and everything of like that. You had Tommaso talking about. You know, go ahead. So, in in the vein of WWE continuing to always always try to try too hard and do too much. Every one of these promos was lit like it was the fucking new NXT logo. Just colors everywhere. Kyle O'Reilly's, I believe, was doing in front of a bright blue door with green light behind it. Yeah. Coming through the window. It was just so annoying. Like, right off yeah. the bat. That's my first impression. Like, really, like, everything's going to have to be like this because it can't just be generic. It's all going to be super fucking staged. Okay, great. Well, and I, I think that that... Right now, they're obviously they're they're trying to make it so different from what it was. I think that you will you will see it kind of they'll pull back on it a little bit as the episodes go on, or at least we hope. Um, have you ever watched a Kevin Dunn show? Well, he did the first episode. I don't know that he's going to continue to do them, but like I said, it's it to to me. I wasn't about to. I I wasn't going into this already and being like oh, I don't like the lighting and things like I, I wanted to give it a chance you I know did, I was not I was going into this open minded mm-hmm. I really was I want this to be successful I love NXT mm-hmm. I just yeah go forward sure. from there I I just want to point out that my future comments throughout the rest of this episode I I went into this wanting to love it so okay. All right. Well, uh, LA Knight does his promo, which is his typical LA Knight promo. Law Knight, sorry. Uh, Law Knight, sorry. Yeah. And uh, in walks uh, a new gentleman uh, who was a member of Samoa Joe's security. And uh, this fella is Braun Breaker. Now, you might be saying yourself, saying to yourself, Who's that broken line? So Braun Breaker is the son of Rick Steiner and, of course, the nephew of Scott Steiner. Now, before he became Braun Breaker, he was being labeled as Rex Steiner. 
And then, like, about a day before, or on Monday, suddenly all of his social medias changed to Braun Breaker. We never really got any any word on why that happened, because the wrestling journalism sucks. Um, <sighs> but for, but I was I was like, you know what, whatever. I, I, new people with new names are always going to be a little bit uh, of a shock, and then eventually you just get fucking used to it, you know? Okay, first off, physically impressive looking dude. Okay, mm-hmm. right off the bat. First thing that you notice about him. But again, in the vein of trying too hard, his fucking tights had to match the NXT color scheme. It looks like the paint splatters in their fucking opening video got on his fucking singlet while he was standing there. Okay, you can say that, but to me, that read as it's a typical Steiner outfit. It's what they always wore. Uh, not so much with those like crazy colors, though. They did sometimes, sure, but uh, you're not going to convince me this was not done strategically to coincide but, with the new branding. I'm yeah. sure part of it is, but like I said, to me, it, it was more along the lines of like it's a throwback to his dad. Um, we're going to do that stupid game of we're not going to reference the fact that he's rick steiner's kid which is always kind of annoying like they used to do with fucking curtis axel and shit like that um but like i said to me it was eh, whatever um yeah so he he looks good he's got to look for him he's fucking jacked uh as as all hell and he's got the lineage there so uh he brown breaker comes in and he's he's all fucking excited stuff like that and ellie knight says okay well in three minutes head on out to that ring and I'll go ahead and give you your first match. Which, instantly, I was like, well, LA Knight's going to be in two matches tonight? Do I need that much LA Knight on my TV? I don't know. <laughs> but then, of course, we get to get our theme song, we get everything like that. Then, uh, the new setup. Um, what were your thoughts on the new arena setup for NXT okay. 2.0? Again, and, and again... Open-minded, was very excited to see the setup, was was very hoping very much to, to fall in love with this new setup. And it looks nice to a degree. It does look like they've put some effort into to making it, and the lights... They were, first, I, I got very much Shotgun Saturday Night vibes, like they were trying to create it like it was a club with all the fucking dancing lights everywhere, and like it, it felt very like nightclub-y to me. Um, yeah. I liked that they went a little nicer with the entranceway. They put a little time mm-hmm. into that. Um, the problem with making this so bright is that you see how few people are actually there. When it's darker, it creates an aura that there's more people there. Um, and uh, this is a, a thing I've experienced myself. I used to work for a promotion that had two rows of seats when we did TV tapings in a television studio. All the mm-hmm. walls were black. We filmed it dark with just a spotlight on the ring, and you would have thought there was a huge arena we were taping in. Okay. That's sort of fun with TV. But when you do this, and you go so bright, it becomes very clear that it's a very, very small arena you're, you're dealing with. Um, it had FCW vibes in that way. Um, okay. Which is fine, except, again, it's a step down from where they were. When you think of selling out arenas at the Barclays Center, and then you look at this. And even when they were in full sale, it was lit in a way that you never never really understood how small that TV studio was. Sure. This was the opposite of that. Sure. Um, 
and when you so when you factor that in and then you add the giant fucking monolithic you know titantron that they put in there i, I just it felt very premier of wwe cw to me okay um so like to like oh, taking okay. another brand that was established and credible and just putting your fucking WWE all over it. Like Vince whipped out his dick and mushroom stamped the entire brand. That's what it felt like. And so, so right off the bat, I'm initially turned off by this. It okay. lost sort of the thing that we're going to, we're going to talk about this later, but the thing that made this so enjoyable for me was there was, there was a sense of like, the little guys and the outlaws and, 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 you know, a little bit of a, against the grain and like, we're not the main roster guys. We are something completely different. And I had none of that here right off the intro. Okay. I don't, um, I, I, I fully understand where you're coming from. I completely don't feel that way. Um, but I, I can see where you're coming from. To me, um, I, I guess it's a mindset thing. If you if you're in the mindset of they're done pretending, and and like this is the real NXT now, then them being in an intimate setting kind of makes it feel a little bit more underground. You know, kind of makes it feel a little bit more like you're watching something that's that's not like. Not everybody's watching, you know, like, uh, th- that's, but, that's but, what it felt like. To that's me. what the old one was because it was dark and it felt like, like a, like a secret club that you would have to go into to see this. Like, this is like the fucking Teletubbies opened a wrestling promotion. I don't know. So to me, to me, what this felt like was like a modern fucking rave dance. Whereas, well, like, so I sort of said, a club atmosphere. Yeah, but that's what they're doing. They're trying to be in the future now. Like, the, the days of people hanging out in dimly lit fucking dingy places as, like, a back, you know, like a like a fucking like dark party and stuff like that are kind of over. They're trying to embrace the, the present and the future. And I feel like this is what most clubs look like. They're very brightly lit. There's a lot of fucking okay. lights. Everything that. When was the last time you were in a club? I don't. I don't need to physically be in a club because one, one motherfucker, COVID's going on. Two, I no, can. No, no, I no, can. No, I, listen, listen. We're both middle-aged fucking white dudes. I'm not saying it from a perspective like I'm saying it from. You're speaking like this is what a club looks like now. When was the last time you were in a club to make that assumption? Is my question. I can watch what a club looks like on TV and in movies okay, and know what it is without having, having been there. Everybody I know who is, goes to rock clubs, it's still dimly lit and gritty and is, dirty, and that's, but, what, that's but part it's of not the a rock, But it's not a rock club. It's a hip-hop club. Yeah, but that's the difference to me. No, that's the difference to me is that NXT is now a hip-hop club instead of a rock club. So what what you're saying with like oh the the dark like I have been to rock shows and yes that is exactly what they are, but if you go to a hip hop show that's what that's what it is now now whether you whether you like that or not as like a setting to go and, and listen to music and stuff like that is besides the point. What the okay. point is is what they're trying to okay. do okay. and what what I that's what I felt. What I'm saying is, I felt as an older fan okay. I felt like I was watching Play School's My First Wrestling Promotion. Okay. 
I mean, again, I'm not I'm not arguing with you. I, I understand where you're coming from. You you're we have differences of opinion on this. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's what I'm saying is like to me I understood what they were going for. Okay. I, I understood what they were going for. I think they badly missed the mark, is what I'm saying. I think I think they overshot. I think they went too far to the other end of the spectrum. I think there was a happy medium between where you were and where you wanted to end up. And maybe even you could sort of gradually fade that way. But I think you're 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 trying to convince the group of people who used to watch this show to continue to watch it and you basically went first second and said everything you liked about this show before fucking gone like i think there would have been a better way to sort of subtly move to to where you wanted to end up to that wouldn't have turned off everybody right off the bat i don't i don't know that you've ever watched wb before if you think that they were trying to appease old fans that's never been the case. They're always trying to get new fans. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think in order for the ratings to be where they want them to be, they have to maintain the existing six to 700,000 that watched every week and then well, and grow that group. Well, and I don't know. Well, that uh, See, like the presentation is all different, but I think that there was still a lot of things for your old NXT okay. fans we'll, to we'll enjoy. We'll talk about that as we go. So, let's, 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 so not a fan, personally not a fan of the setup right off the bat. Okay. Personally a fan of the setup. Okay. Agree to disagree. So, Braun Breaker takes on LA Knight, and in his very first televised match, Braun Baker, Breaker defeats LA Knight. <laughs> yes. I, look, I'm somebody who I, 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 appre- I can appreciate what LA Knight does. Mm-hmm. Uh, LA Knight is a really good heel. Um, I have absolutely zero problem with him losing if he was taken out of the main event. <laughs> yes. Having... Or, or if he was winning <laughs> the main event. Yes. Having him take two L's in the same night, spoiler alert, to me was like, it would have been better if they would have had it where Braun Breaker beats him and Ellie Knight gets hurt. Not really hurt, mm-hmm. but hurt where it's like okay now we've got to take him out and that's how we get fucking crow magna man in, in the main event then i'm fine with it like i said the fact that it was like you're already going into it with like so our main event now again spoiler by the time you get there you're like there's only two people that are going to win this fucking title because right. <laughs> you've already got one who just lost to the new guy yeah and another guy who's never been on TV before. Now, see, so, typical WWE booking would tell me that because LA Knight lost that match, you immediately dis- discard him, and now he is going to win the main event. That was actually my first reaction sure. when this happened. Now, that said, now knowing how everything played out, this was a horrendous decision. Because it was weird. Because this did nothing for LA Knight, which maybe, again, might be the point. Get rid yeah. of the fucking old guard. You know, use them to build up the new thing. I think they see this sort of a good chunk it's, of the show. It's okay. so it's so odd to refer to La Knight as the old guard when he's only been here for what five months. No, but he's <laughs> but an yeah, older guy. He's almost four. No, I get that. Point, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but it's just like first off, we should say um, Braun Breaker looked fantastic. This guy yes. is a star. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. He's got 
everything you want. He's got the look. His his ring work was really solid. He's got natural fucking charisma. His promo mm-hmm. was was pretty passable. Um, so so this guy is a star. There's no two ways about that. He is going to right. be a star. Um, mm-hmm. But I like I said, I, there's a million and one fucking people on this roster that could have taken that L that wouldn't have negatively impacted the main event. For but, sure. But but sure. but it wasn't even a main event. But we'll talk about that later. Well, yeah, but uh, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, oh, so okay. we'll talk the, about that. Later. <laughs> no, I know you. I know you do. Um, yeah. So LA Knight loses, and instantly you're kind of like, okay, now what? But again, if you, if you're planning on LA Knight moving up to our SmackDown next month, I get it. You you use his credibility to put over the new guy on his way out. Um. But don't but again, take away like from said, your just, championship match later. Yeah, that was my biggest thing. Was just like, okay, well now you, now you took him down from from being like a legit championship contender to being like you just lost to the new guy, dude. <laughs> and it wasn't like a fluke win. Like he Brown dominated him. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyways. And uh, he, he he did the Ultimate Warrior press slam into the power slam, similar to what Goldberg does. That was the finish of the match. Yes. Um, now. Again, this is where I refer to the really thinly veiled references to someone's lineage. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I wanted to fucking throw something at my TV when Vic Joseph said what you're about to talk about. You used to get it. Like I said, Curtis Axel was always like before they would be like they would make references to how perfect that was and things like Uh and you're just like, oh, my God, just fucking call him Joe Hedig. He hits like an axe. Yeah, it's just stupid shit like that. So you get possibly one of the dumbest things that have ever come out of Dick Joseph's mouth. And there's been a ton of shit that uh, dumb shit that's come out of Dick Joseph's mouth. He says he's got a real dog face gremlin demeanor there. First of all, the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Because there. The whole dog-faced gremlin thing, there's only one person that that refers to it. There's not even, nobody uses that outside of talking about Rick Steiner, you know? You can't can't say... For those who don't know, I guess we we do have a lot of a younger audience here. Uh, That was Rick Steiner's nickname, was the dog-faced gremlin in honor of a tattoo he had on his arm. Right, exactly. And that's the that's the reason why I'm like that's not a, a normal thing someone would say, you know? When you when you say so when you have like MSK come in and be like these rascals can fly, you're like, "Well, that makes sense," you know? It's a little tongue in cheek or whatever. Would you that's say that fine. you have a dog-faced gremlin demeanor mentality, Troy? Are you calling me ugly? No, I'm just asking if you <laughs> Do do I? No. I okay. think I'm far too approachable because I keep having fucking weirdos come to me and ask me if I'm saved yet. Okay. Uh, no. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's it's so dumb. And, again, it's a case of, like, I know what he was going for, but just terrible execution. Uh-huh. And it wasn't subtle, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I understand the new NXT is not exactly ripe with subtlety, but come on. Okay. <laughs> um. Here's the other thing. This was Braun Baker's first televised match. Uh-huh. You know what we didn't have that we would have had if Braun Baker's first match was in AEW? A shit ton of botches. <laughs> we also didn't have his dad standing at ringside. That's true. But that that was one of the things that I, I looked at. I was like, I'm like, funny how 
you know, AEW loves to trash the whole, like, we don't have a performance in here. It's like, yeah. But then when you have a guy who's never been in the fucking independence and never been on TV, and the first match he goes out there and has zero fucking botches or, or moments where you're like, oh, God, he killed somebody. That shows you the the, the value of a performance center, right? <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Up next, Imperium make their way out here. Um, I will say, I will say, the new setup was great for their entrance. Their their entrance looked fantastic. Oh my gosh! Oh uh, yeah, I was just going to bring it up. So we have on, you know, we've got the big screen board, but then on the side we have a big screen with an NXT logo on it, which actually changes in terms of whose entrance comes out. So when Imperium comes out, all you have is a a white screen with black NXT outline on it as their their entrance. I, I was like, that's fucking good. And I noticed it a couple other times, too, that they were, like, putting people's logos in the Shop middle of the eyes and stuff like it, that. Yeah. Yep, yeah. So I, I thought that was great. And they, they did it. They, they sort of just kind of moved it from the entryway to the side. Yeah. But, you know, with a little, little flair to it. They are taking on... Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs. Who's that Pokemon? So Brooks Jensen is Ben Buchanan, the son of Bull Buchanan, and Josh Briggs is Josh Briggs. Uh, apparently, this is a tag team now. Uh, BJ and JB is what it says on their fucking Tron. So. I was like, okay, so they're an actual tag team because they they have a tag team entrance with each other. Um, it's I I hope they come up with a name because BJ and JB isn't a good name for a tag team. <laughs> is there um, is there anything that that screams this is developmental more than a fucking cowboy gimmick? I mean, yeah. I mean that it's it's developmental, which is again, I, I, that's what that's what I liked about the 2012 NXT was like, yeah, you'd have fucking weird shit like Scott Dawson walking around like a fucking mechanic, and you know, and and that's fine because that's the whole point of this now. And like that, I think I think part of it is you're still hanging on to this being the NXT that you watched last week. And I think that's going to to well, hurt a lot of people's dude, enjoyment. What I'm hanging on to is I want something. I, I don't want a less polished version of what I watch on Mondays and Fridays. I want something different. I want a variety. This company used to give me a variety. Now I no longer have any variety. It's all you, the same. You don't think that different there, people. You don't think that there was variety on this show? I think this show was a was a minor league version of Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown. Okay, so I'll be doing NXT solo going forward. It's got it. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh, but Imperium does beat Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs. So, right there with that match result, I was like, okay, so we're not one hundred percent going. Let's fuck all over the the yes. fuck over all the old guys and and put the new guys in. No, no, no. Like Jensen and Briggs did look good and they got some offense in, but yeah, Imperium oh, oh. was still the oh, horse. No. Yep. Um, Barthel won with an avalanche. Double underhook suplex. They didn't use the European bomb. It was it mm-hmm. was a finish out of nowhere. It was very awkward, very weird. Sure. Sure. I, I get it. There there might still be a little bit of that, like, we got to protect the new guys. Um, but, yeah. 
Maybe I'm, to I, me, and to be fair, I'm going to get very bitter about some stuff we're going to talk about later, and maybe that's giving me a negative vibe on the other stuff too. Um, probably. So, so we'll talk about that when we get there. But there was some stuff that really pissed me off later on. So, yeah, like I said, to to me, I was I was like um, like Sunny on an average Tuesday. I was wide open for everything. Uh-huh. So, to so me, was I. That doesn't mean I don't, that doesn't mean I'm gonna like something that's bad because I, yeah, I'm open to it. Yeah, but I feel like maybe maybe you had a, a a little inch that you could have spread a little bit wider. But that's just me. Um, well, well, dude. See, here's the thing, though. It's not my job to like a product. It's the product's job to make me like it. That's what works, and that's how consumer society works. Right. So it's not my job to find reasons I like your product. It's your it's your job to make your product something I enjoy. Their previous product was something I enjoyed. And then they went, well, fuck you for liking that. Here's the right way to do it. I would contend that you didn't, that, that you, you enjoyed some aspects of it. I enjoyed the general gen- vibe of it. Okay. But you, but you were able to find a few things in this show that you enjoyed, right? Oh, if you're going to tell me you did not enjoy Carmelo Hayes, I'm going to fucking end this call right now. Because, come on, dude, really? <laughs> All right, well, okay, so you're just going to be grumpy old man for the rest of the show, that's fine. No, no, we'll wait till we get so it. To... Let's wait till we get it. All right. All right. Um, so not a fan of the cowboy Brooks Jensen... Sure, he's from Alabama, though, so it, it you know it makes sense. You Did have been a fan of Josh, Maddie? probably. Okay. Are you you're a fan of Josh Briggs, though, right? Yes, yeah, I, I've watched okay. Josh come up from starting to now, so yes. Okay, uh, do you are are you cool with him being in a tag team for a, for a spell or? So it's fine with me. However, they need to establish him. I just think they've. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was Josh's decision to change his look or if it was their decision to change his look, but I feel like he's lost some of his intimidation factor that he had. Like when he was on the Indies, he was an intimidating looking dude with the long fucking beard and Mm -hmm. the fucking long hair. And he was sort of leaned out. Now they've really sort of bulked him up and cut his hair. And he sort of looks just like every other wrestler to come out of the performance center. It feels like they took some of the individuality he had and and the things that made him stand out a bit away from him. Sure. And he's talented and talent will rise to the top. And I'm sure eventually he'll get to where he wants to be. I just feel like they sort of put him in a, in a worse position than he was when he came in in order in terms of being memorable to an audience. Okay. We move on to a hit row promo. Uh, which yes, was... I liked. Okay, there you go. Uh, so it was it was mainly led by Ashanti, which I thought was cool to give him a chance to uh, to kind of show a little bit of his promo skills. Um, but it was all about pimping up BFAB. and when it uh, when it came time for her to deliver her lines, I thought she did great as well. Oh, she's great. Um, she is a great promo. She really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything anything that stood out to you in this promo? No, I just I, I, I love how they're sort of setting her up to be the queen bee of, of Hit Row, when in reality, we all say, well, this is fucking Swerve's group. And mm-hmm. they're, they're sort of painting it now that BFAB's the one actually pulling all the strings. Like, she's sitting sure. in the chair center, and they're all, like, congregating around her. 
Like yeah. she's the center of this group, and I, I think that's that's an interesting way to do this. Yeah, yeah, it's something. It, it is something fresh and unique because you almost never have it be a woman as the center and a bunch of dudes are her support. Right. You know, you sort of had it with Alexa and Team Bamf. You know, sure. but but not not to this extent where it was like you know. So we do get a match. And it is B-Fab against Katrina Cortez. Now, you so may be asking I, yourself... So I... Pokemon! <laughs> <laughs> She's been on the show before. Not as Katrina Cortez. I think the uh, battle, she one was, of the Battle Royals she did. Oh, probably. Yeah, she was, of course, Catalina Carolina. They couldn't fucking figure out her name on Raw. <laughs> Sin Cara's partner. Uh, yes. <laughs> Chubby so, female Cortez. luchador. Yes, yes. She got all that ass and some. Uh, go ahead, though. What's your uh, <laughs> thoughts on this? So, as I just said, the promo is great. Her mic skills are fantastic. And then that goddamn bell has to ring. And, and we realize why she was kept out of the ring all this time. <laughs> Here's the other other aspect of it. So, obviously, BFAB wins. And she gets on the mic, and she goes, yeah, that's right. Not only can I talk, but I can get it done in the ring. I was like, but can you? <laughs> this, was, like, this was an abortion of a match. I mean, uh, the whole thing did just an awful kick in the corner that they sold like it was death. Yeah. And then she spends like 10 minutes fumbling around trying to get a neck breaker on. And that's her finish. There's a neck yeah. breaker. Yep. I mean, she's ravishing Rick Rude, clearly. Yeah. Like, she's been down in developmental for a while. I would have hoped for more from her than this at this point. Yes. Uh, she's been down I, there for over a year, at least. Because she was on uh, those empty arena raws when they first started from the performance center. So she was clearly there at that point. So she has been there. Uh, let me see if I can find her real quick here. Of course, she'll have a fucking page. Um,. She has been there, I think, since 2009, I want to say. Well, that's really depressing, if that's true. Hold on, let me let me give you for sure. Now, obviously, she hasn't been on TV. Um, yes, 2019 was... Oh. Two, not 2009, 2019. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little bit better, but still. Yeah. Uh, so two years so she's been down there, and this is what we got. Like, mm. Yeah, and another person, obviously, who uh, has never been a wrestler. Yeah. So, so, some, so best I can sum this you, up, if you haven't seen it, is basically it's a Jade Cargill match. Yes. And Which not in a good way. No, it's not good. Um, but that's that's sort of how it goes sometimes. Sometimes you get somebody like Alexa Bliss, where you're like, yeah, you're you're not amazing, but you're definitely good. Sometimes you can get a. a Bianca Belair, where you're like, you're really fucking good for someone who hasn't been there. And then other times you're just like, oh, she's she's kind of just like your Anna Jay, uh, tight cunty, you know, kind of fucking performer. Dude, uh, she made fucking Anna Jay look like fucking Sasha Banks, dude. This was not good. I almost think... Um, this was, like, I, I had tempered expectations for her debut, because I knew it was her first time really being on TV. Right. And she still managed to fall way below my expectations. This was, this was not 
believable, credible. Like, this was in no way good. And I am a huge, you, you can attest to this, mm-hmm. I am a huge Hit Row guy. I'm a huge fan yes. of B-Fab as a character. This match was awful. Yeah, it it makes me concerned for the future because we're clearly setting up B-Fab versus Electra Lopez, and Lopez is on about the same level as Cortez, and, and, sadly. And here we are because you, you wanted to talk about things in the past. Like, this is a brand that has prided itself on the best women's division in professional wrestling mm-hmm. for the last, what, five years? Yeah. And this is what they put on TV. Yes, but also, like, <laughs> but also it's a, it, the, that same time that we're pumping up, like, oh, yeah, fucking, you know, the, the four horsewomen and stuff like that. Like, the four horsewomen had dance partners that were not good. Like, Dana Brooke was there. You know, during and that same every time. Every one of the matches with Dana Brooke was better than this. I'm not saying it weren't. I'm just saying <laughs> that not... That, this was that, the worst women's match I've seen on NXT. Would you disagree with that? Yes, because I watched Saul Guerrero back in 2012. But the worst, the worst in the past five years, yes. I will give you that. The wor- Definitely the worst in the last five years. Okay, so the worst in the modern era of NXT. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Hands down. Okay. <laughs> like I said, and, and this is your first I, rebranding, and this is what you come with first. Now I understand, obviously, the plan had been for Raquel Gonzalez and Frankie Monet. Something came up that got scrapped. We don't know why. We have suspicions. We have no reason to air it. But um, yep. I don't know if that was planned in addition to this, or if that this sort of took place that that matches place. But mm-hmm. this had no business being on television at all. Again, like now, and, and we should say we should say this, Catalina, whatever they want to call, whatever they call her here, Katrina has never looked great in an NXT ring. Like she's been no. fine, she's been passable, but she's never right. looked good. No. Um, so if you put Bfab in there with someone more talented, you might get a better result. But this was this was not this this ain't it, as as Hit Row would say. See and. I completely agree with you. If you, if she had a better dance partner, but again, like I said, my issue is is that we know what her big end game dance partner is, and it's someone that's on that same level. Where you're like, she has to fight someone that again isn't on that level. Like if you were, were building her up to be like, oh, we're gonna have her take on um, like Ember Moon, you're like, okay, that's someone that could probably drag her to at least a passable match. But you're not. You're going with Electra Lopez, where you're just like, you're not that great either. So. I'm, it's not a feud that I'm looking forward to anymore because of the of the fact that it's centered around these two women instead of the two teams, right. which the teams are great, you know, right. like Legato versus Hit Row. I'm down for the three-on-three males match for that. What right. I'm not down for is when we have to include the women, which sucks because, again, they're both really... Well, I, BFAB is great on the mic. Electra Lopez is okay on the mic. Um Still, but she still thinks Senorita special sauce is uh, is racist. Oh, she she threw it out again, and it is for sure racist. Okay. <laughs> but so uh, afterwards, Electra Lopez does come out after because Bfab kind of calls her out, and you know, and uh, yeah, we get another drop of the Senorita special sauce bullshit. But uh, then, like Electra's promo was just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know. And, and she, 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 she's clearly playing Queen of the South, right? Yes, she definitely is that character. And and 
I can I can dig that. You know, we're going with the the very different heritage, the very different backgrounds of these two women. You know, you where I wish we had a drop in like where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> That's what she reminds me of in that fucking hat, dude. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, the the obviously the more modern reference to that is Queen of the South because that's yeah. exactly what she would wear. But yeah, right. for sure, for for us old guys, yeah, Carmen Sandiego is definitely that. Which I, that might be a little racist on both of our parts for thinking of that, but you know, the shoe it was fits. a fucking kids' TV show, dude. I know. <laughs> no, no, the fact that we we initiate that that it's a kids' TV show with a Hispanic woman. That's not and we're doing talking a about race. It's the fucking hat and the way they dress her. Yeah, oh, I guess, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, to me, like, we had so much momentum off the Hit Row promo uh-huh. that it was like we slammed it to a brick wall with this segment. Head first. Yes. So, um, see, I'm, I'm not all sunshine and roses about this either. I, 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 <laughs> I was, it was a mixed bag for me, too. I just say that there was a lot of things I liked. Okay. Um, but there was a couple things coming up I didn't. But I'll tell you what I did like, and that was Johnny Gargano, Cameron <laughs> Grimes, and Odyssey Jones are the groomsmen for the wedding, and their outfits <laughs> are, of course, black murder short shirts, black pants, and black gloves. They're Dexter. <laughs> yes. And I don't Dexter. mean the Dexter Loomis. I mean Dexter. No, no. They're Dexter, for yeah. sure. Which, that's what Dexter Loomis is, right. obviously. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, by the so, way, the trailer looks good for the new season, by the way. So. Yeah, I'm interested in it. I'm, I'm glad, uh, well, spoiler alert if you haven't watched the trailer, but I'm glad that they're having Dad on the show still. Yeah. So, we'll see how it goes, though. Because well, the whole first time he spent time talking to his dead dad, it makes sense that they could talk to the, yeah. talk to the dead Well, and, and Yeah, and it makes sense that he would replace it. Anyways, well, this isn't the Dexter podcast, although that would probably be a little more enjoyable. Yes. Uh, so... <laughs> Johnny er, er, Johnny tells Cameron that, uh, you know, something's missing. And the door opens, and Austin Theory returns. Austin Theory also dressed like that. And Johnny goes, I thought you ran away. And Austin says, I did! <laughs> <laughs> Which was fucking great. I, it was such a nod to, we have no fucking idea how to get out of the storyline. So yeah, I ran away. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's he he is rocking facial hair now. This is and, so this is like the equivalent of like a couple of years ago if Samoa Joe showed up at TNA and they went, "I thought you got kidnapped." Like, yeah, I did. Yeah, well, it's the same <laughs> kind of it, it's the same situation over on BT where all of a sudden Adam Cole is alive. You're just like, why is he alive now? <laughs> so yeah, it's, they had like a seance that. and brought him back to life. Yes, they at I least had that. a storyline to explain it. That's true. That's true. Well, you know, they they had a storyline too. Austin Theory said, "Yeah, I ran away. I'm back." <laughs> <laughs> he, well, his whole thing was, "I wasn't going to miss Indy's Indy's wedding." So they, he did have a reason I, for returning. Right, and we I thought we were going to get some more dramatic return for him at the wedding. <laughs> I expected he was going to show up, but I figured it'd be yeah. something more dramatic than just, oh, "I'm back now." Okay, cool. Yeah. But so, he, did, he did at least provide a great moment in a minute. So Yeah. So then he's like, well, uh, you know, I, I I brought us a priest. And in walks Damien Priest. <laughs> and instantly Johnny's like, he, he, he's not a real priest. He can't do anything. <laughs> and, of course, Priest is like, yeah, man, that's, that's right. I'm just here for the party. It's <laughs> <laughs> just... Damian Priest might be my favorite character outside of Riddle on, on WWE. He on has, Raw, at least, I should say. 
Well, the, the biggest thing for Priest is he's figured out that deadpan delivery, yeah. which is so good. Yes. And you're just like, oh, my God, yeah. So, of course, we we don't resolve that, really, no. of, like, there's a, I, apparently Austin thought that there wasn't a priest, <laughs> so he brought one, but there is, spoiler alert, later. This was but, one, uh, apparently. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so um, good segments, and I, I was... Again, I was just excited. Oh, but you missed I the other excited. thing. Austin goes for the oh. uh, the way high five. Oh, yes. And Johnny like looks at him, and sort of gives him like a no, we're not doing that thing. And then he goes, brings it in. And he like gives him a big yeah. hug. And like, so it was yeah, it was just it was adorable. Yeah. Out next, Carmela, uh, Carmelo uh, Hayes, <laughs> and he has with him Trick Williams. Um, Hit so, the button. Hit the button. Right. Trick Williams is Matrick Belton, a former football player and a CZW star. You star are not a tri- quotations, I hope. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he was there for a couple of matches, or not even really matches. He was just kind of there. <laughs> uh, I, I take it you're not a Trick Williams fan. Just. Say what say say what you gotta say about this segment and then I'll, I'll... Okay. <laughs> coming over coming over from two oh five live, Samantha Irving is in the ring to interview them. She's been there for a while actually. She was the one doing all the interviews after the uh, breakout tournament matches. Oh, that's true, yeah. Um so Carmelo did, discusses the fact that, you know, he's got uh not a briefcase, but apparently just like a, a portfolio with his contract in it. Um, and he is bringing Trick Williams with him. So wherever he goes, Trick goes, and anyone who steps up to him steps up to Trick. And uh, essentially, Trick is going to be his muscle, um, although they are approximately the same size. Uh, <laughs> and so Trick, then once he sort of gets... Uh, Carmelo Carmelo is very smooth on the mic. Trick not so much. Uh, he forgot his fucking lines. Yes, for sure he did. He he yeah he meandered a bit before he finally got to where they no, were trying no, he to didn't go. Meander, on. dude. He started his line, got lost, and then started it over again. Yep. Yes, so Carmelo had to kind of bail him out, and, uh, uh, you know, he, he said, oh, you know, I called up Trick and asked him if, if he's about about it, and Trick says, I'm about about it, uh, which there there was a, a section in B where I'm just like, it's so refreshing that they're actually allowing black people to talk like black people do, <laughs> as opposed to how how everything that comes out of you know, uh, uh, the mouths of some of these workers sounds like Shawn Michaels is delivering it, you know? Uh, <laughs> so it was nice to have a little bit of that where it's like, okay, like uh, hit row was really the ones that kind of started that whole thing where it's just like, they're, they're allowed to talk normal and natural. Uh, Carmelo is allowed to talk normal and natural trick. Doesn't sound natural, but at least what he's saying is supposed to be, you know, more along the lines of it. But anyways, um, so Trick says that Carmelo was, uh, who's this humble guy? Who's who's this humble Carmelo? Carmelo was never this guy before. He was always like, a, I'm going to take what I what I want 
you know, whenever I wanted kind of thing. So, um, do you have something to say about the, anything else about the promo before we get to the so next you part of that? Hot garbage, right? No, 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 no. I, I like Carmelo Hayes, and I thought his portion of it was good. I like Carmelo Hayes, and because I like Carmelo Hayes, I absolutely hated this segment. Because here's the thing. Carmelo didn't need this. No, Carmelo was didn't. getting over on his own. Carmelo mm-hmm. was was clearly established as like that underdog you root for that moment when he get like he had all that momentum riding he was riding that wave of momentum building his name had that contract and he whenever he cashed that in the place was going to fucking erupt and love him sure and then they went hey we got this other black guy we want to bring in so let's turn Carmelo heel mm. yeah and and, and 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 here's the other thing even if you wanted to do this, you crammed six months of storyline into 30 seconds of a segment. This type of thing starts with Trick being at ringside during one of Carmelo's matches, and Carmelo notices him, and we're like, well, who's that fan in the stands? And then we see them talking backstage the next week, and then there's this progression of us finding out who Trick Williams is and what his relationship Instead, they just went, eh, fuck it, people won't ask, let's pretend they've always been together. And then Trick's like, oh, I, I, dude, I respect you. I love Carmelo. But here's why Carmelo's a pussy. Sure. Like, we completely crammed, like, six months of story into this 30-second segment. This was awful. Awful, awful. And Carmelo took a huge hit here because fucking uh, Trick was so bad with his promo that Carmelo tried to have to, had to try to save him, and it took him off his promo, and his came off mm-hmm. poorly. The other thing, too, is, was Carmelo humble during any of this? No! No! His theme song <laughs> literally says, I'm the greatest to ever do it! <laughs> we had, last week, he was running around in people's faces going, I'm gonna use this on you, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was a little bit, too, where I'm like, I was like, wait... Did, did, did I miss something? I'm pretty sure I've been on almost uh, every single listen, episode this I, past month. It, well established on this network. I'm not going to go the salad. route. I'm not going to say they've ruined Carmelo Hayes, because I no. don't think they did. But they definitely knocked him down a few notches that they didn't need to. Oh, the other thing, too, is this is going to lead to them as a tag team, right? I would assume so. Like, why else would he be there? And that is like, no, 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 Carmelo was a single star. Star? Like, he Yes, like star. capital S T A R. Yes. Like, like he should. Like, like I was expecting. Potentially, we we have a finish a, a winner of the NXT Championship, and he comes out at the end of it and goes, "I'm fucking next." Right. You know, like that's what I was thinking. I'm like, that that's the guy you put the fucking NXT Championship on because he's he's gone places. But this now it's just like, so are are is he going to cash that fucking thing in on MSK? Because I, I don't want to see that. Really like the the match will be good for at least three of the four people in it. But I don't want to see him with the tag belts. I want to see him with either the North American belt or which you can't do at this point. Cause now he's a heel, right? right? Yep. You can't really have him, him and swerve go against it because they're essentially the same person now. So the only thing you can do, I, I guess maybe, maybe it's that maybe they, they're like, we want him to go for the NXT championship. So we need him to be a heel so he can go against Champa. Yeah, because there's no know. other way they could have done that. 
Yeah, of course. There's tons. By the of way, you were spoiled to finish, fucker. Anyone who's listening <laughs> to this has already watched the show. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about what happens after this awfully brutal fucking promo segment. Sir, so, so Duke Hudson arrives uh, as Trick and Carmelo are leaving, and Duke says, "You got lucky uh, in in the breakout tournament," which was cool. Which was a nice little thing. It's like, yeah, he remembers. So Trick Williams takes his shirt off, runs in the ring, and attacks Duke Hudson. Because he could attack him with his shirt on. Well, come on, dude. You can you got to pop that top off. Uh, then Carmelo gets in there and joins in on the beatdown, solidifying his heel turn. Very homoerotic that he has to take his shirt off, too, so they both had to be shirtless while beating down their... Hey, man. Got to pop that top off. Uh, <laughs> listen, listen. Trick looked awful trying to deliver offense. Trick was terrible, and, Trick, first. And, and it felt like Trick was in the way when Carmelo was trying to do stuff, and again, much like with the promo, made Carmelo look worse, which is pretty much the exact opposite of what a heater is supposed to do. God, that first kick was not good. No, and by the way, we're going to turn Carmelo heel by having him gang attack a heel? I guess there wasn't any fucking logic to this. This was so no. fucking bad, and you were just you were just getting mad at me for not liking this segment. There was very little redeeming value here. I wasn't getting mad at you for not liking this. You said you were going to end this call if I told you I didn't like the Carmelo segment. No, no, if you didn't like Carmelo Hayes. No, I like Carmelo Hayes. We know that's okay. established. Just to me. That's why I wasn't good. I clearly I didn't end the call, did I? No. <laughs> All right, um, we could go on far longer than that, but I <sighs> don't. Yeah, it, it 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 killed my it killed my anticipation for what was next for Hayes. Yeah, it, it, so it killed a lot of Carmelo's buzz and and shit that, yeah. what he had building. So yeah, now he's he is so good that he can get that back, but they didn't they didn't do him any favors for no, sure. No, and. and... This pairing is not good for for Carmelo at all. Yeah, let's talk about something that uh, that that we can all enjoy, and that is some women. And by the way, one more one more thing, one more thing. Mm-hmm. Why yes. would a guy need a heater who's the exact same size as him? Like, That's what I said. Like, Wardlow <laughs> is a heater I can buy. Yeah, because he's this monster fucking dude standing next to MJF. That makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. Swagger even as a heater for fucking Jericho, I can get. Yeah. No, no, I'm with you. It's 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 the Jinder Mahal thing, where it's yeah. like, why why does the main guy look so much more intimidating than his backup does? Yeah. You know, at least when like Seth had J and J, you're like, well, they're supposed to be dumbasses. Yeah, yeah. Like no, no, this is this was literally just like, oh man. Uh, well, I lost against Santos. Maybe I don't have it. I need to get somebody else. Hey, uh, why don't you clone me, and <laughs> I'll be my and, own backup. And, and you know what? Honestly. Had they had Trick in the audience last week, that wouldn't have bothered me as much. Because then you could say Trick stopped him on the way back after he lost to Santos and said, what the fuck are you doing? Like, at least there's a story there. Also, I was like, when when they said, like, oh, we go way back, I was thinking about something like, I have never heard that name. Nope. And I, I guarantee you I would have heard that name nope. from you guys yep. talking about, like, Carmel, or, you know, like Christian Casanova and his good friend Trick yep. Williams. And I would have heard it. <laughs> this is ultimately, to me, the worst part of it, because I've seen Christian Casanova play heel when mm-hmm. he was Killanova, and he was fantastic yeah. in that role. Fantastic. Sure. 
they're having him do it in a way that he's not good at doing. Okay. We'll see. Hopefully you know, they uh, change it and they realize and they recognize it and they go back, but goddamn, this this was not a this was not a good first night on the new NXT for Carmelo. Sure. And none of and it like, was his fault. Yeah, like I said, they kind of fast tracked it. It would have been different if like Trick was was I'm I'm here, I got your back, I'm gonna help you, and he just kept losing for a couple of weeks, and then you pull that? Because then that makes sense. But it's like, he lost one match after winning a tournament. Right. So. Up next, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane are talking to Mandy Rose, who is off-screen, and uh, might I just say, uh, (laughs) yeah, Gigi and JC, so hot. But we didn't get to see you with Mandy, but they were talking about the, this is this is the real Mandy. This is the new Mandy. This is what we're going for. So a little intrigue. I was like, okay. Um, but then we go to Team Ninja, or as we like to call them, Spin Followers. Take on Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. And it sounds like, according to WWE's Twitter, it sounds like this group is going to be known as the Toxic Addiction. Yes, which attraction, is cool. Toxic attraction. Toxic attraction. Yep. Uh, they're still going with like the the fucking um, sweet dreams are made of these theme song for for the whole group now, which I love. I love that fucking. Uh, I mean, it's it it so reminds me of like this is how wrestling themes have been the entire time, where it's always just enough to not get sued, but clearly a, a song that's recognizable. <laughs> it's like no 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 DD, DDP's theme song is not even flow. Or no, Raven. Raven's theme song is an even flow, even though he uses something called the even flow DDT. It's got nothing to do with Pearl Jam. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, during this match, we see that Don and Holland beat the ever-loving piss out of Kyle O'Reilly. Mm. So I was like, so we're just going to get, like, an entirely new main or last match for this mm. then, right? Because mm. now, now we took Kyle out for some reason? Okay, whatever. Uh, so, during the match, Gigi and JC uh, get DQ'd, thanks to Mandy Rose come running in, and she shows that she has now dyed her hair brown. So, first impression, we couldn't go one show without doing a fucking WWE DQ finish? Nope. Nope. Oh, but it gets better. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> Because as we come back from break, it's then announced that now this is going to be fucking Team Rosebush versus Team Ninja and Saray, who magically appeared at the end of this too, I guess. Something, maybe 2.0, but some things will never change. Yeah, I mean, look... I'm not saying that this match didn't feature six incredibly attractive people. I'm just saying the fact that we had to do the typical WWE tag team match, then a DQ, and then we bring two more people in, and then it turns into a fucking multi person. But when one of those two people is Mandy Rose, I can be okay with it. So you really need to get a soundboard so it sounds a little bit better, yeah. so that way you can go. I can't even hear your fucking soundboard, so fuck off, okay? Well, that's your fault. <laughs> uh, so, uh, surprisingly, Team Rosebush does actually beat them. 
so at least they I'm, didn't continue to job out this team. Am I crazy, or was this the best you've seen Mandy Rose look in ring in a while? It was. I not sure what it what it is, but for sure, yeah, she was a lot more crisp. And I don't I don't know if maybe she just never took to the face style of working, maybe or or what. But yeah, it definitely was better. Yeah. So, um, at this point, I was like, are we going to show any of the other champions tonight? Or are we just pretending those guys don't exist? Because well, Swerve was already showed. They already showed Swerve. They, they showed Swerve. We got a promo video for Raquel. MSK, nowhere to be found. Late till later. Well, they were at the wedding. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, there was a bunch of people fucking sitting at the wedding. I mean, like, <laughs> Zoe, Zoe and, and, and Eo were there, too, but yes. it doesn't, you're like, you, if you were the first time tuning in, you'd be like, so they only have two championship belts? No, <laughs> no three, because anyway. Sheeta shows up. Oh, that's right, yes, he does, yep, and he does tell, he does have the belt with him, my bad. Um, so then we get the bridesmaids getting ready. Uh, which, of course, is still uh, Persia, which, by the way, uh, they gave her a last name. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Uh, Persia Parada is the name that they have, have dubbed her. Uh, no idea where that came from, but There's sure. Parada ass in that, see, in that room right there. Uh, Cora Jade is there with a fucking... <laughs> Stocking cap on, and Candace and Chorus, Chorus tells Indy, "I hope I look this beautiful when I'm at my wedding." And Candace goes, "Well, you could start by losing the dumb hat." <laughs> Just like, ah, oh, Candace. Uh, I'm okay. so glad. I'm I'm so glad that Candace is is still around, yes. even though she's pregnant, because this has been great. Yes. Um, but this was just a little little segment to show them kind of getting ready. Uh, so then, uh. Regal announces that Kyle is out and up walks Von Wagner. Now, Von Wagner is the former Cal Bloom uh, who has been in developmental forever. Uh, he's another one of those ones who's been there for like two or three years. Also, uh, Von Wagner looks like a white giant Kali, or a great Kali. Yes. Because he has... Slope. He has an Excite Bike ramp on his forehead. Yeah. And it is pronounced. But, <sighs> Regal proceeds to say, uh, well, guess what, buddy? You're in the main event now, and you're going to... Your first match is going to be for the NXT Championship. So fuck everybody who's been there forever. Fuck Kushida. Fuck Santos Escobar. Fuck Johnny Gargano. I I don't get it. I under look. I understand. Why like, are we taking Kyle O'Reilly out of this match? To your point, if you wanted to replace somebody in this match, you had a perfect out to replace LA Knight in this match. Yes, exactly. 
I, I can understand taking Kyle out if you're going to have a heel win and then Kyle's going to be the program. Like, hey, I never got a chance. You want? Yeah. But you didn't even go that fucking route. No. And you didn't have him win it. Nope. So what was what so was he the point? lost his debut, which, as we know, he, with WWE fans, is is the is a fate worse yeah. than death. Yeah. Well, it, and it was like, okay, so if we're the, the weird thing too was, and I know I'm just going to be jumping around right about that, but like, you have this guy debut in such a big spot where you're like, he's in the main event, like he's he he could he could potentially win the championship, but. At the end of the show, he's not the one that you're like, that's the one they're grooming for the future star, you know? Because it's clearly Braun Breaker is the future of NXT. So you're like, well, why the fuck didn't you put Braun Breaker in that, that, that fucking match Job. then? You forget, you're clearly forgetting Turk Williams. That's true. Yes, I'm sorry. He is the, he is the future. He, Actually, I ironically, don't... Carmelo was wearing a t-shirt that said the future. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Which again is like so humble, yes. so humble. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so I can, I can say, I I do not recall there ever being a time in NXT's history that a guy made his debut going for the championship. Other than like the big indie guys, this guy's not a big indie guy. This is a, a homegrown talent, you know. They've they've never really debuted anybody like this before, right? Like even I mean even MSK's like, to a degree. But their first match wasn't the first match was but in the tournament for it. They're not homegrown as well, yeah. Like I mean, like Shinsuke's like second match was for the championship, you know. But oh, no, you you sense. know, what? he had Sammy and then he had Ty Dillinger. He had a series of matches before he got to Bobby. Okay. Rose. They've had a couple people who like pretty. Qu- I mean, Kevin Owens was like what two, three matches before he second was match. champion. Second match, yeah. But well, again, second, he's a, I mean, he debuted on Takeover against fucking Juice Robinson. Fuck that guy. Uh, and yeah. then he attacked Sammy at the end, and then the next Takeover he beat Sammy. So exactly. So, but at least with him, you're like he's an indie fucking darling and stuff like that. So it, it, it makes sense. This guy is like nobody's ever fucking heard of him. Why are you debuting him in this match? <laughs> you know. And it, it's kayfabe wise, it sort of makes William Regal look like a fucking idiot. And he felt like he had no personality. And obviously, we'll see going forward, but there was oh, nothing man. that was stood out about this guy other than his size. Dude, this motherfucker has has been but, in development for two years. He checks all of Vince's boxes: under thirty, over six yeah. feet tall. True. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Ridge Holland took on Drake Maverick. It was a squash match. Okay, do you uh, know what this annoyed me? A minute and a half match annoyed you? What did it, what annoyed you about this match? <laughs> what, what did I talk about annoyed me with Ridge Holland last week? Do you remember? His entrance. Right. Yeah. They even had to reshoot his entrance to be brighter. They Damn. reshot the video package before the match... To not be as grimy and dirty and dark as it was before, so that it would match the new arena. 
<laughs> so that that was why when that started, I was like, oh, we're doing a Rich Holland promo. And then all of a sudden, Rich Holland is out there, and I'm like, oh, it's his entrance. Yeah, okay, I'm I'm with you on that. Because, yeah, that, that threw me for a loop, too. I was like, I'm like, why are we doing a Rich Holland promo? Like, we already know who this guy is. <laughs> but no, it was the match. Uh, Drake back with his... Uh, apparently, we can't figure out what fucking Drake's theme song is. Because he was back to his his, uh, his cutesy music or whatever. Flurry and the Flurry. Or Flurry yeah. and the Fury. Whatever it was. And I could have sworn this motherfucker was on Raw now. He floats. Which he shouldn't. Well, he probably, you I mean, he floats because he's, like, two pounds, but. Yeah. But he had, he had, uh, Wish.com fucking Jake Paul with him again. Yeah, which that is clearly going to continue to be a thing. So, Rich Holland, still awesome. Didn't, I don't know why this match was here, though. This is the why best Rich Holland match I've really enjoyed in a while, where he just, this is what this guy should be doing. He yeah. shouldn't be taking clean losses to Tommaso Ciampa. He should be just destroying motherfuckers. Yeah, fair enough. And he beat him with the snowplow. It was a northern grit, I think he calls it. Yes, northern grit. Yep. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa is with Dinner Time. Uh, and he says it has been 908 days since he held Goldie in his hands. Uh, another great Ciampa promo. Not sure where we got to. Nope. <laughs> Nobody else did. But Maybe sure. we should have seen things coming at that point. I guess so, because the fact that he had to remind us of that. But then we get a promo video for Tony D'Angelo. And if you needed any more fucking confirmation that fucking Vince McMahon is behind this fucking product now, go watch this. Because it's like, listen, Vince, we've checked every box of, you know, basic borderline racial stereotypes. Uh, is there any left you want to include? Yeah, let's get an Italian mobster on there. You say that, but Enzo Mori and Colin Cassidy were also fucking guidos running around, and they were a... Yeah, and they were a little bit different. They were hyper-fucking trolls. They weren't, like... They never portrayed them as mafioso. Well, you know. <laughs> This guy was talking about his family running the waste management business. Like, you might as well have had a flashing sign that said, this guy's mafia. Oh, it was it was very heavy-handed. I also... So you notice that I did not <clears throat> play the, the Who's That Pokemon? Because I don't fucking know who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> he is... Uh, he's never wrestled before. Yeah, so... Yeah, he is a. I, I had to do a little bit on it. He is a former baseball player out of the University of Buffalo, Joe Ariola. So, yeah. So, we got a guy named Ariola and a guy named Menzies running around. Yes. It's a good group. Yes. Yes, very much so. Uh, you can connect with him on LinkedIn. He's got 192 connections. There you go. He was assistant manager at Zone Fitness Works. <laughs> And uh, before that, he was a substitute teacher and a delivery driver for Favorites Pizza. So at least his family made it work through, you know, to, to get up to where he is now. <sighs> I, yeah, look, sometimes wrestling is really fucking dumb. And um, 
Tony D'Angelo being a fucking stereotypical Sopranos character, whatever. Uh, it, it, I'm just like, sure, there's been fucking worse. Uh, there's clearly been better, but like... Okay, so this is this is what I talk about all the time. You are in the same boat that I was up until a few weeks ago. You have been so beaten down by what WWE has force-fed you for so many years that you, you'll excuse it because you don't expect better. We need to start sure. expecting better as a fan base. This is not it. What we got on this show is not what we should be getting. Yeah, but is uh, yeah the to me though if Tony D'Angelo showed up in AEW they'd love it right? I wouldn't. They're, they're, well, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. Well, you say but... that. You say that. But listen, like roundly criticized were Matt Hardy's teleporting, and they mm-hmm. very quickly got rid of it. And roundly criticized was uh, Brandy Rhodes and her fucking little group there. And they they got rid of it. And roundly criticized was the Dark Order as a scary, spooky cult. And they got rid of it and made it something way better. Sure. So when was the last time WWE did that? Like, responded to fans not vibing with something. Jackson Riker? I mean... (laughs) Because he just disappeared? (laughs) That's only because Elias... And he fucking disappeared now, too. He was doing vignettes yeah. about his new identity, and he's just fucking gone. Yeah. I assume they'll re, re-fucking debut as the Riker Brothers or something, but <laughs> fuck knows. But Probably. Yeah, this is, for sure, straight out of the out of Attitude Era, where you had the full-blooded Italians, yeah. you had... Uh, this was Tony fucking, Mamaluke. Yeah, this was... Uh, you had, like, a porn star... A fucking uh, pimp and thing. Yeah, this was wrestling as a side hustle, which has always been a weird fucking thing to me. Is to be like, which ironically is it more true than you would like to believe? I mean, what do we just have? Yeah. Josh Alexander said he's quitting his day job. I think as a fucking Lyft driver or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, Alex Shelley was. Yeah. I wasn't going to be. He was in the pandemic because he's working as a personal assistant or for a personal trainer and like that. Yeah. No, no, not a personal yeah. trainer. He works in health. A healthcare, yeah, healthcare worker. Um, obviously, Britt Baker is a dentist right. and like continues to be in that job. But in it, it's weird that that bled over so much. Where we're just like, now we've got a guy who fucking is a sanitation worker. He's Duke the dumpster Dorsey. <laughs> You're like, sure, <sighs> I guess he's 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 fine being a garbage man, but also being a wrestler on the weekends. I guess, yeah, it was weird. I have. I have no idea how this guy's going to be in the ring. Uh, and we got no sense of how he's even going to be on the mic. Shitty. I'm not going to do that, dude. I'll, I'll get... I'll I'm give sorry, him refresh me again. How many matches does he have? Okay. Refresh me again. How many matches does Brown and Rousey have? I'm not going to bury the guy before I watch his first match. Is his first match going to be terrible? Probably. Oh, I'm going to bury him based sure. on his gimmick, not his, not his in-ring yet. Oh, anyway. no, no, yeah, his... But odds are, odds are, his in-ring is going to be shitty just because he doesn't have any experience in ring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but look, there are there are generational talents who who rise mm -hmm. like like through like Ronda Rousey you mentioned, like Kurt Angle's another one. Those people don't fall off trees. There's a reason Mm -hmm. that this guy's in developmental. If he was one of those people, he wouldn't be in developmental. True. Well, and the the other thing too is, I mean. Sometimes you get 
really shitty gimmicks for your first gimmick, which is is stupid, obviously. But you think about, I mean, you know, you and me both have watched NXT since 2012. Like, Alexa Bliss was Glitter Princess in her first gimmick, you know? And she wasn't good in Ring. Eventually she got better, but she had to change who the fuck she was and completely be a different character. And maybe this guy eventually becomes that, but but, yeah, right now... Fairy Princess wasn't a racial stereotype either. It wasn't straight out of 80s fucking WWE. No, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, But Becky Lynch was definitely racist. (laughs) She came in fucking river dancing in NXT. Yes, that for sure. And again, she had to fucking ditch that because that was not going to work in order to work. So uh, I'm hoping eventually. But the fact is, he's now strapped with the name Tony D'Angelo. So you're like, well, he's not going to be able to get away from that, you know, at least they're not for a while, unless they completely rename him. So we'll see. My obviously my issue with that is that much like in in the original NXT days, you'd suddenly have a shitty character like this show up and all of a sudden they would just continue to show them every fucking week because they're like, you'll eventually like him, right? Right? No, they're released. (laughs) <laughs> so um up next the diamond mine now with ivy nile with them uh more on her in a little bit and uh they are in a squash match facing dan jarman and trevor it's the Kree brothers not the whole diamond mine just to be clear Dan Jarman is Justin Black's far better name, and Trevor Scully is something named Chris Rockwell. Uh, independent workers, uh, Justin Black's has been in a couple of different matches over the years for NXT, uh, and a couple of like you know jobber matches stuff like that. But he's he's a jobber. Um, yes, and you are correct. It was it was the uh, the Creed brothers against these two guys. Match was exactly what you'd expect. Creed Brothers beat the shit out of these two guys. My favorite part was when they had one of the jobbers tagging the other one. Yeah. <laughs> like, he walks up and fucking tags him in by him. That was, was nice. Yes. Um, Brutus continues to show that, like, he is... he is. I'm not going to put him on that level, but the to, to put it in the clearest terms, he's the Shawn Michaels of the group. Because um, yeah. he definitely has a more... Julius is trying. He does like the slapping thing and screaming like I love us over there. But again, it's just like it doesn't ring a hundred percent true to me. It doesn't feel natural. Um, maybe they'll get there, but I love uh, these guys. So I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I've become a fan of the Creed brothers in the last two weeks. So um, sure, and, and I think they're debuting them right too. Uh, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. So you got uh, they they do the fucking move again where they slam the two motherfuckers into each other, which is great. Um, Sorry, what? Yeah. Do what? Which slam motherfucker into slam with the fuck up a king? We have fucking standards on this show, Troy. Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, so after after they beat the ever loving piss out of these two, uh, Ivy Nile is introduced. Uh, we get Malcolm Bisquick says she hasn't had a carb since 2005. So I'm sorry. <laughs> and then uh, she he has her flex and she is fucking jacked. Uh, now this was somebody that we have seen down there for a while. Um, she was Emily Andrulzitz, or however you fucking say it, and she is a bodybuilder, obviously, if you couldn't fucking tell. 
Um, and they, they, they did a nice thing where they kind of like had her in the video and then they had her in like the background training with Hachiman. And now like she's, you know, they didn't, they debuted the Creed brothers last week and now they debut Ivy Nile without actually having her, you know, do anything. So then Kushida arrives and he proceeds to give Bachamania a new, you talk too much line. Uh, <laughs> and of course we book Next week, Kushida versus Roderick Strong for the Cruiserweight Championship. Strong's taking that belt, right? I would imagine. I, I can't see them them not taking it off of Kushida. Because, yes, I understand you could say, well, Kushida had the COVID thing or whatever that, but he's been sort of just around with and this belt. And it feels like they're behind the diamond mine to some degree, so... yeah. Makes sense for the title. And I, and I honestly wouldn't be shocked if the Creed Brothers wants to finally get the tag titles off MSK, too. Could be, yeah. I could see that. And it would make sense, and, and I'd, I'd be okay with it, too, because they're, they're actually good, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, anything else to say about the Diamond Mind segment? Nope. Fair enough. Uh, Dexter's shown getting ready. That's pretty much it. Just a little quick little thing. Mm-hmm. And then we get our last match of the evening. As Tommaso Ciampa, Pete Dunne, La Knight, and Von Wagner battled out for the NXT Championship. And this, Troy, this was the moment I realized that the old NXT is dead. Okay. Because the biggest prize on the brand comes second to a comedy wedding. Sure. Sure. This, okay. this title should be the most important thing on the show. And you're crowning a brand new champion, and it's not even the most important thing on the show. There's an old saying in wrestling, you either want to be first or you want to be last. This match was sure. neither. Yeah, I get that. Um, again, it really became the story of Champ and Dunn. Um, whereas, and Wagner and Knight were just kind of there. Um, there was, uh, La Knight continuing to do his, what the fuck's it called? That, like, blunt, front blunt force face. Trauma. Blunt force trauma. Yes, I can't, I don't know why I can never fucking remember that. He kept doing that to everybody, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> and every, every time he would hit it was on somebody and he would pin and then they would get broken up. So, um, he did have. Hey, talk about all I, the great spots Von Wagner had. Yeah, he didn't have any. Uh, La Knight, um, for like a normal fan, you might not pick it up, but to to me who tries to tries to like pay a little more attention to it, I was like, oh, they're they're trying to keep La Knight strong. Yeah, clearly, because <laughs> it was like they gave him so much where it was like, oh yeah, we're we're clearly making sure that he gets it. I loved Don reversing the fairy tale. Uh, ending into his fucking snapping fingers. Uh, that was a cool little moment. Um, Actually, the, but, the best moment Von Wagner had was when Dunn stomped on his fingers. <laughs> nice. Um, I don't know if it's just because this is a fatal four-way, but Von didn't do anything to make me care about him. Nope. Um, you know, and, and I've I've watched first matches of people before and been sold on them. You know, the first the first time I watched Sammy Guevara against Cody Rhodes, I was like, this kid's got it. This yep. kid's got something, you know. Um, you know, I watch 
uh, Braun Breaker, and I'm like, this kid's got something, you know. I watch Von Wagner, and I'm like, okay, he's he's clearly going to get pushed because of his size and the, his fucking weird-looking face, his Rocky Dennis face. But, like, it's not going to be believable because, so far, he's not as bad as some of the people that have gone through there, obviously. But he's much like a Mason Ryan to me, where it's just like, yeah, he's a big fucking guy. Who cares, you know? Right. He didn't particularly do anything that I thought any other guy his size does. You know, like, you know, when you've got like Keith Lee goes out there and fucking hits moonsault and shit like that, you're just like, holy shit, like, how are you doing that? You know, Dijakovic could go out there and he can fucking work things and do things you've never seen before. Right. But I'm really one out there and just like, yeah, you did kind of normal big guy stuff. So, yeah. But Tommaso Ciampa does win with the fairy tale ending uh, and becomes a two time NXT champion. I did like that they had the story of like, well, he never, he did never lose it, you know. He he had to vacate it because of injuries, so, you know, at least there was there was that built-in story. I I will say this: the the one positive to come out of the show was this was one of the last people I expected to actually win this match. So there was True. a shock factor and a surprise <laughs> factor that we don't always get. I I had it penciled in that he done was winning this match. Uh, to me, that made all the sense in the world. And I was pleasantly surprised they went in a different direction. Yeah. And it was... It, and there's that me, point in the match where Tommaso hit those moves on the outside and then runs right up and, like, French kisses the belt, basically. like, mm-hmm. And they, like, share that moment. And then he goes back and he wins <laughs> it. And then he wins it, and, and he wins the match, and he just stares down at the belt like, like a little kid getting ready to get that present <laughs> on Christmas as the referee brings it into the ring. It was, uh-huh. it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the match felt less than it should have. This did not feel like your typical NXT, we're going to crown a new champion classic style match. It, had, it, it went 10 minutes. Right. For a, for a fatal four way match. Yep. Hey, we got to let him to get in, Troy. Then the. Which is like. Then save it for next week and have that be like the focal point then, you know, like they're, Oh, you, you want the championship to be the focal point of the first show? Well, and I, I understand that like, this is an audible obviously because of the fact that Samojo got hurt, you know? Sure. So it was like, it was like, I'm sure that when they plan this out, because the, this is run a little bit different than the main roster where they don't fucking, at least Melter doesn't claim that they tear up scripts every 20 minutes. Oh, no, he claimed he did. Oh, of course he did, because it's what he always fucking says, but uh, and that's, that barely happens, I feel like. Um, so, it was like, if this was just a, let's crown a number one contender 10-minute match, makes total sense. Sure. But, yeah, the fact that you're like, once once you had to call the audible, it should have been like, okay, instead, what we're going to do is we're going to drop this next week. We're gonna take that ten like, minutes. We could and have just, just done the anything. tag match with the women, and then left the six-person tag match to next week and saved a gang of time. There. Exactly. Yep. Although you, yeah, you know, whatever. <sighs> Again, we'll see. I'm, you know, I'm. I am still cautiously optimistic of of how this is going to go. This was just the first uh, of the NXT 2.0, but there was, it was by far not a perfect show. Obviously. <laughs> Um, well, we still have another we'll, segment to talk about. So we do have another segment to talk about, and for everything that happened leading up to this, 
again, it felt a bit like the Biggie cash in where it's like, boy, they're really making me work for having to watch, you know, the, you know, like the, you had to slog through raw to get to the Biggie cash in You had to kind of slog through this to get to what turned out to be in, in my opinion, a really fun and funny segment. Um, Main event shouldn't have been, but, you know, we've, we've already said that enough. But we get to the wedding. And we do have a priest there. So I guess that was fine. And, and we don't uh, have Damien Priest. He wasn't even at the wedding. He just he said he was just there for the party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we hear that, that we are gathered for the wedding of Dexter Gaylord Loomis. Because Vince and thinks it's funny because it's gay. Yep. Because Gaylord is a name. <laughs> Goddamn, pal. It sounds like he likes cock. And oh. Indy Ophelia Hartwell. I was kind of hoping that they would share her middle name would have been wrestling, because it would have been funny, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, sure. Indy Ophelia Hartwell. Uh, whatever. I think Johnny's excitement through this entire thing was great, yeah. and I love the fact that he was the only one who seemed generally excited yeah. about these two getting married. Yeah. Um, but, of course, they ask who's giving Indy away, and he jumps up. Johnny, me, Johnny Johnny Gargano, I'm the one giving her away. Johnny uh, Wrestling, first, first Johnny Takeover. Johnny yep. First time, first time Triple Crown. For- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, are you sure, though? Like, are you, are you really sure? Like, you, 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 could, you could back up. It's, it's okay. So, they ask if they have the rings and Johnny looks over to Austin and says, do you have the ring? And Johnny and Austin goes, we're in a ring. Silly. That was, that was the funny, like that was the one that popped me. Cause Austin looked, that was just perfect. Austin theory, perfect delivery there. Tremendous. Yeah. So Johnny is like, no, 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 the ring, this, this goes on for a little bit. And then Ike Manjiro stands up and opens his jacket and he has the ring tucked in his armpit. So he's the Japanese Fonzie, right? That's what we're doing. That's always been his gimmick, yeah. Okay. Um, well, again, like I said, Eichemann is the Japanese for metrosexual, so that's his character. Is I thought it was his, I thought his, it was Japanese for handsome. No, it's not. <laughs> no. No, Eichemann is like a is is essentially their version of of metrosexual people. Uh, so apparently Jiro has the ring because that's Austin's guy, which he keeps saying, that's my guy, that's my guy there. So they ask if there's anyone who objects to it, and almost everyone raised their hand except for Johnny. Uh, but then Dexter turns to them and opens his jacket to show that he has one of the axes strapped to him. Straight out of Wikipedia, the term Ikeman is a portmanteau neo-dualism derived from the Japanese words Ikaru or Ikaratu and Menzu, Ikar, I'm butchering this shit, uh, mean cool, good, and exciting, while Menzu is the Japanese, is the Japanization of men. This term has been used to reference good-looking men or handsome men. Okay. What but I mean? you said Ikemen meant handsome, and I'm telling you, it doesn't. It is characterized as, like, good-looking men or cool and exciting men. But, like I said, it, to what I have been told was that... You know, you know that a good-looking man is a handsome man, right? All right, well, this is... <laughs> All right, go ahead. 
Anyway. This is not the point of this segment. So, Indy remembers, or Indy does her vows, and she remembers when Dexter snuck into her room at night when Indy, <laughs> or when Johnny and Candace were asleep, which of course elicits them to be like, whoa, 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 what? 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 <laughs> So then the priest asks Dexter if he can do his vows. Sal, Sal still doesn't think they'd be fucking now. No, exactly. Yeah. Dexter's vows are him giving a thumb up to in thumbs up to Indy. <laughs> Freudian you, slip there. Did you say thumb up in Indy? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Checking you know. the oil. There you go. Uh, and, and the priest is just like, surely you're just nervous. Like you're not. Like, come on, you're. You got more to say than that. He proceeds to touch Dexter, which is, of course, a bad idea because Dexter puts him in the uh, the the silence. And at this point, you're like, okay, that's what's going to happen. That's how we're going to end this wedding is that he fucking took out. But instead, Johnny calls over to Regal and says, Regal, you can do it. You're GM. You can do everything. And the look on Regal's face. Yeah, <laughs> so, so this was a missed opportunity for me, right? Okay. I wish he had looked over to Regal and went, Regal, you're British. You know how to do this shit. <laughs> yes. You're classy. Uh, yeah. So be- before we see her... But yeah, Regal's hear... face, by the way, was fantastic. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I fucking can't. I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> no. Uh, we hear a, a chant for Beth Phoenix, and she gets up on the mic, and she said, well, I... I I had a feeling that this might happen, so last night I got ordained online. So she says, okay, okay, let's go ahead and cut to the chase. To which Andre Chase stands up and said, did someone say Andre Chase? <laughs> no, no, no one did. No, no. I, yeah, Johnny, I love that. He's just like, nobody said that. Nobody said it at all. <laughs> Odyssey Jones stands up and puts him back into his chair. So with everyone's Indy favorite does, trapezius lock. Yes. <laughs> they do or Indy does her I do and then Beth says, hey, Dexter, do you you know, do you take her? And Dexter stares and Beth is like, Okay, well I I, I guess we can take that for Frizzy yes, but then Dexter puts his hand on the mic. And he leans in and says, I do. And that fucking place went Batch. Oh my god, they did, yes. That was tremendous. Austin behind him, his facial expression yes. when he fucking Yes. That was perfect. Yes. And that was I'm like I was like, oh my god, I love this segment. I thought this was so much by the fun. Way, by the way, we did we did skip one pretty funny moment that I thought at least oh. right at the top, like the priest goes, Is there anyone here who objects to these two getting married? And, like, everybody except Johnny and Candace raise their hand. And Dexter opens his coat, and he's got a hatchet rigged on the inside do? of his coat. Are you, are you fucking with me? What? You must have been paying attention to something else, because I literally said all of that stuff. I didn't hear you say that. <laughs> We're doing a show, you know. Okay. <laughs> I'm very tired. It's been I understand. Week. I, I enjoyed By anyway. the Power Vested in Me by FreeOnlineOrdainment.com. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, very good segments. Uh, they, they kiss. Everyone cheers. Um, like I said, I was like, I'm like, this is fucking great. I love it. You know, and Just Johnny. Just um, event. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That, that was the only issue was it, it definitely should not 
have gone on last, but I still enjoyed it. Johnny Gargano had a great thing on online where he said, you know, uh, wrestling can be goofy sometimes. It can be, you know, silly. It can be great. But uh, when you have Johnny Gargano a, a, is all elite, is what we're saying. <laughs> no, because Johnny seemed like he was having a fucking blast. Uh, here, let me let me bring it up because I don't want to. I, I want to give him credit for for what he said. Um, no, and he's not wrong. The problem is for for anything else to have credibility. The, the heavyweight championship, the top title has to have credibility. And that was yeah. my problem here. Like you said, sure. if this was just the number one contenders match and then you went to the wedding, fine. But mm-hmm. once it changed and that became about crowning a new champion, that has to be the last thing on the show. Yeah. And it has to have more than 10 minutes. Yeah. So Johnny says, you can have your beliefs on what wrestling should be, but I've always believed that it can be whatever you want it to be. Serious, goofy, outlandish, whatever, as long as it makes you feel something. When you get a real reaction, it's untouchable. I love wrestling. So, yeah, he had a blast on that last night because it was. I mean, you had a real reaction to that. Like, I smiled when they fucking did, when he did the I do. And for a character that's been largely hit or miss for me, you know, he's when, when he's good, he's good. But uh, he needs to certain people with him. But this was, was a lot of fun. And the fact was, it was like, but this was like only like the second wrestling wedding ever that actually went on right right <laughs> other than savage and, and miss elizabeth everything else has been fucking weird so, oh, <laughs> so no, it was eric, nice that... eric young and odb ended up actually getting married on the show oh that is true this is right i mean they stripped out of all their clothes to do it but they did it definitely was weird <laughs> but yes it, it, that's true that one did actually go on without a hitch i feel um, like there was another one recently that worked that i'm forgetting i don't remember though uh, well, Billy and Chuck didn't. Right. Um, uh, let me think what else. There was the Lana, or yeah, the Lana and Bobby Lashley one. Well, they got their whole thing was they got they were married right, and this it was the after thing, right? Well, the Edge and Vicky Guerrero one, right? They got no, they didn't. That didn't work. Never mind. Oh, no, no, it didn't. No. no. Uh, there was that. There was that one where, um, uh, what's his fucking nuts? Uh, Eric Bischoff was an old man. <laughs> yeah, there's that one. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of else. Uh, Daniel Bryan and AJ Lee. Uh, Edge and Lita. Uh, Butcher Vashon and Ophelia. I don't know what that is. Uh, Kane and Lita definitely didn't I work think out we're well. We're looking at the same list here, but yeah, Triple H and Stephanie. I feel like were, that's an older list. Though. I feel like there are more recent ones than that. Maybe. Uh, um, oh, I actually, actually, I have a list here now. Um, the most recent one: Edge and Vicky Guerrero, Jay Lethal and SoCal Val. Oh, Kip Sabian uh, and Penelope Ford. Oh yeah, okay. That's yeah, because it, it's really only the the. It's usually just the real ones that. <laughs> Um, but yeah okay yeah that was one nice alright oh yeah the the, the last thing we got was we had to do our Undertaker Jeff Hardy moments by having Braun Breaker walk up and congratulate Tommaso Ciampa and Tommaso shakes his hand uh, as we go off the air again like I said it was like clearly that's 
the guy that we're putting a lot on. Like that's that's our huh. new Seth Rollins kind of gimmick, you know, where it's the you know, like that's that's the future guy there. Um you know, I I appreciate the fact that we have different differing views on this because I feel like recently we've been pretty in sync with each other. We've had our, our period synced up with each other for NXT where most of the things we liked, we both liked and most yeah. things we hated, we both hated. Um, so it was kind of interesting that we had different, different views. This one it was pretty different on like cage match as well. Uh, with the, the ratings in there. Now the people giving it zero are AEW stance, but there was a, a swing of like a couple of a bunch of eights and sevens and a bunch of like fives and six because yeah, I mean, I feel like there is an audience um, that found a lot of this uh, good and entertaining. What? I'm. There, there are people that that like <laughs> this sort of thing. Um, there's a lot of people that I'm sure watch this and didn't and don't have those like you. You have a, an analytical mind for the business. If you don't have that, I think you really enjoy this. Because there, there really wasn't any matches that sucked. You know? uh, no, that's not true. Beef oh, sorry, sorry. Other than the women. Other than the women. Sorry, sorry. That was the only one that sucked. The rest of them, I thought, were all really good matches. So They're all really short. I mean, they were main events. Yeah. You know, it was WWE right. main event matches. Pretty much, yeah. But like I said, if you're, if you're not like... Including the heavyweight championship match. Yes. Yeah. If you're not like the people on our network here... Who are, are who have an analytical mind in terms of you know thinking things in the future, thinking uh, how a show should flow and things like that. Then yeah, then there then there is a lot to like of this. But if you're like us, who are like this person is being underutilized in this in this role right now, or you know, or Carmella just and Carmella just it, got hit a fucking roadblock. None of my issues have anything to do with that. It has to do with having any continuity from the characters we saw last week alone. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it was, I, I, I don't want to go into too much. Of, I mean, I'm just going to repeat the stuff that I said earlier. Yeah. But uh, it just, to me, it didn't, it didn't click. It didn't, for the most part. There were some things, like I said, I thought, I thought the wedding was fun. Shouldn't have been last, but it was fun. Uh, the Gargano segments leading up to it were good. Um, here's, yeah, here's, here's the other thing. You're, you're talking about character continuity. Other than, Everyone involved in the index thing, you know, they they all stayed true to the to how they built their characters sure. stuff like that. And Mandy and Gigi and Jess and and yeah, um, yeah. But if you look at, has there ever been a time that Tommaso Ciampa you felt like as the guy who would go to a young guy and fucking congratulate him? No, no. that's never been his character. No. He has always been angry fucking guy. Get the fuck away from Old me. Man yelling at clouds. Yeah. yeah. So so that. That was a, even a departure for him, where it's just like, why is he doing that? And I and like I said, again, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to do the fucking Undertaker thing, which was a departure for him as well, right. for him to do that, you know, good, good, good kid, you know. Yeah. But it was like, it was like, how fucking weird. Just it was, yeah. Just, and then, like you said, uh, we like we talked about the Carmelo thing, where it's just like, are, are we talking about the same guy that we've been watching? Because because it didn't feel like that. It was you know. Yeah, and it was and, and, just shoehorning all these new guys in, even if they didn't fit, like Trick Williams. Instead of doing it, you know, slowly and logically and bringing along the story, it's just like we got to shoehorn him in there. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, you know, 
And here's the worst part about it, because we're going to get into this in a second. But if I had 15 minutes and I wanted to watch the best match on this show, I'm probably going with the women's six-man tag. I think that was the match I enjoyed the most on this show. Okay. I mean, I would have went with Braun Breaker versus Elliot versus La Knight. Um, okay, but, but it was a squash, basically. Yeah, but it was exciting for, the, for Braun. Match, but yeah, no. It was oh, fun. yeah. Yeah, the, that's sort of an issue that neither of us are picking the main event. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Now, they they threw everything at this. So, of no, course... They, didn't. they did not throw Kyle O'Reilly at this. Think that I meant, event, think that think that championship match is better with Kyler. No, 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 no. I meant I meant the show. Like they they, they threw everything at the wall at the, uh, on the show. Okay. Yeah. Um. And so to me, it's like the the real test will be what how this show looks in January. You know, where you've got a couple of months of this new NXT. Like, well, you'll do have they to let me know? Yeah. Sure. Um. <laughs> Well, I, I would hope that you would listen to NXT Rundown with featuring, <laughs> featuring only me and me by myself uh, playing with fucking soundboards. Uh, but, <laughs> you can catch me um, next week on AEW Rundown. <laughs> well, if you're on AEW Rundown next week, then you're not on WWE Rundown next week. So, Right. You can, I don't know. Adam can okay. come and do NXT. I don't know. We'll see. Otherwise, <laughs> I guess, otherwise, I guess I'll be here by myself, and which will be, and, and then we'll really be back to the fucking no, listen, original I'll, I'll, NXT. I'll, I'll stick with it for a little bit, but it's just like, like we talked about before. I'm I've reached a point now. I, I've had my recent epiphany. Like, I've reached a point now where I'm no longer going to spend my time on products and things that I don't enjoy. I, sure. I, I no longer enjoy Monday Night Raw. I enjoy SmackDown. I will watch SmackDown. I no longer enjoy Monday Night Raw. I probably okay. won't watch very much of it. I've always loved NXT. I did not enjoy this NXT. Sure. It doesn't mean I won't enjoy next week's. And I will. Yeah. I, I'm not that dude. I'll give it a week. I'll give it a few weeks. Yeah. But well, in, if you if you treat it as a pilot, you know, you know, most most TV pilots are garbage. You know, um, or or where you have to kind of like. You you watch a pilot and you're like I can I can see that there are things that I'm going to be interested in later on kind of thing you know if you treat it as that then yes there are a couple of, of th- there are not a lot but there are a couple of things where you're like I am interested to see what happens with this person what happens with this storyline things like that you know I'm interested in what happens with Gigi Dolan and Mandy Rose and the that and Ron Breaker but but so much of it was like I was like I don't care about Von Wagner right now I don't care about Tony D'Angelo right now. You know, there was... Go ahead, sorry. To me, the thing that I always loved about NXT was it it created this safe space within the WWE Universe where you had your sports entertainment on Mondays and Fridays, but if you were a hardcore, just in-ring wrestling guy, you had this little space for yourself on NXT. Uh And I feel like I don't have that anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I can I can feel you on that, and and I almost feel like, um, with with them not being on the same night as AEW anymore, that sort of strengthens a lot of that of like, well, your alternative to NXT and WWE now is AEW, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not great, 
But I think, I mean, most of those people have already made the jump anyways, and, and sure. so you're not, that, that's not really going to affect them anything. But Well, no, 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 I, I disagree, because they're on different nights. You can yeah. bring the AEW audience over to watch NXT on a, on a Tuesday night. Yeah. That was the whole point but, of moving nights, and, and by the narrative that Tony Khan will tell you when they won the Wednesday Night War. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, but what they were doing wasn't doing that, you know? So I, I get well, them I'm trying curious to, do to see. I'm curious to see. So this this new, let's take a look at it. They got like 700,000 viewers. So it was actually yeah. a good week in the ratings for them. I'm curious to see what week two looks like, ratings-wise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 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 this is no, and I don't know anything really about the card. I don't think they mentioned anything specifically for next week. Um, uh, just just Roddy and Kushida. Okay. Um, I expect you're going to see a steep decline in their ratings for next week. I think the the other big issue with it is is like, have you learned nothing? You still didn't do anything to promote NXT. You had a video that showed a bunch of bright colors and a logo. Yeah. You didn't show any people. Yeah. So why would why would anyone look at that and be like, I'm going to go watch that? You know, yeah. they're not. If you I, if the you reason show, I wasn't watching it was because there wasn't enough colors. No, yeah, it's like it's like no, no. The reason that people weren't watching it was because the storylines weren't always great, and they didn't have a lot of the people there. So it's like if you would have sat there and shown like you know here here's fucking Braun Breaker, and you're like, oh, that guy looks interesting. Maybe I'll go see him. You know, or or you're like, we're gonna have this match. You know, like they didn't do any of that shit of like these are the, some of the matches that are coming up. You know, yeah. so it's like you, you you still didn't do it. Right. You know, you had this whole thing, and and your promos for it were nothing. Like they were still teaser trailers, and it's like they shouldn't be teaser trailers the day before. Like it should be like full on. Like here's some of the things you're gonna see. So. Yep. Yeah, and that's kind of the issue, and and that's just so, one of the many issues with this. But yeah, yeah, but you know, like I said, we'll uh, I'll I'll most likely be back here next week because I think Ginger is dead at this point. Um, but I I do want to end on on a good note, and I do want to talk about um, you 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 said at the top of the show, um, WWE rundown that we did yesterday, um. To me, it was such a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. to be able to interact with Bruno. Yep. Um, I, I had a great time. Uh, I, I know he did as well. I know you did as well. Yep. Um, to me, like you know, it, much like we keep having an issue with WWE where they we keep doing like rematches, you do get a little bit kind of complacent, which is like we do the same shows with the same people at times. So right. getting that kind of fresh face in there and, and like, you know, and of course I will, I, I take any opportunity to have someone stroke my ego and he did a great job of that. Uh, <laughs> but I, yeah, I just, I just can't say enough about uh, how much I enjoyed having him on and, and want to have him on again. And what, what I think we learned yesterday was that Bruno has a very good fucking memory in terms of wrestling trivia, and I feel like he could maybe give you a run for my figure money. <laughs> we will find they, out. He did drop a couple of times where I was like, "Oh, he remembers shit." Oh, yeah. mm. For sure. He he doesn't have maybe the longevity, obviously, because you you've been watching this a lot. Look at him. Because I'm old as fuck. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, so I again thank you for for taking time out of your day. I know that had to have been rough staying up that late for, for him, uh, and 
after he was done with our show, he started watching AEW Rundown on Twitch. So, it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely a super fan. Again, great, great to having him on. But uh, for us, I don't know. Do you want to do a different catchphrase now for your end for since 2.0? Uh, tune in next week to see if I'm back. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's this has been NXT 2.0. Uh, maybe next week you can give me a blow. <laughs> I don't know. We'll work on it. Thanks for joining us. Bye bye. Next week NXT 2.0. Maybe we won't have such a shitty show. Hey, there, there you go. There you go. We got it. We got there. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production.